All right, Fritz Bergen, bloodandfaith.com. It's Wednesday. It's the 15th. It's the Ides of February 2023. And I had some good feedback from podcasts I did this past weekend when I talked about earthly things that need solutions that are big problems. Talk about Ukraine and China and a couple other things. And I'm talking about them because people need the courage to think outside the box. And what is the box? The box is the acceptable window of discourse. It's called the Overton window. The box is set by the elites. By the elites means, I mean, university professors, the mass media, and government officials, all of them combined. And it's really hard to figure out who's in charge. Uh, and that's on purpose. It's on purpose to, that, that you can't figure out in charge. That's part of their, part of their power. It's like when the, the Satan shows up to Eve, and, and Eve's like talking to this, you know, the serpent. She's like, I'm not talking to the devil. I'm not talking to Satan. I, I'm talking to the serpent over here. And you think it's one thing, but behind the scenes it's really something else. And democracy in America is kind of that way. You think, you, you think we uh, have a democratic system, and we don't. It's run by a powered elite. An oligarchy, it, 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 an oligarchy is, is, is giving it more credit than it deserves. And they control speech. They control the Overton window. They control the range of ideas that you're, per, you're permitted to speak about. And if you speak outside those realm, those, um, uh, that window, you're called racist, sexist, homophobic, transphobic, queerphobic, intolerant, divisive, xenophobic, Islamophobic, and most of all, anti-Semitic. And so before people even walk into the room to have a conversation, they've eliminated 99% of the potential problem-solving out there. So if you're looking at crime in America, for example, before you walk into the room to have a conversation about crime in America, you've eliminated 99% of the possible approaches to crime in America. How? Because you can't be racist. You can't be xenophobic. You can't be intolerant. You can't be divisive. And so there goes closing the border. There goes identifying who commits the most crime by racial group. Uh, there goes uh, a whole range of options. Isolation is, is another term they use to keep you within the overtone window. So if you say uh, the U.S. should get out of the U.N., oh, you're an isolationist. Just like saying, oh, you're a Nazi. Well, you're a racist. And people run and they turn and they flee. And, and so these chains that we put upon ourselves are controlled by ourselves. Now, to a certain degree, they do have leverage and power. Okay, if I was a dude living in the woods, self-sufficient with all my, you know, money, which I don't have, it's supposed to be a joke, living off the grid, th there's nothing they could do to me. I could say, you know, I can say whatever I want. I can be racist, sexist, and homophobic. And what are they going to do to me? I get money, I'm self-sufficient, I don't really care. But lo and behold, I'm not in that state. The man employs me. I work for the man. And so they've got leverage over me. They've got leverage over you. I got a bank account. You got bank accounts. You have friends that you like. You have position in society. 
And so what they do is they do what the Jews of old did. They go and they slander you. Revelation 2.9. Jews slander. Revelation 2.9. The Jews slander. Revelation 2.9. Jesus Christ said, I know the slander of the Jews. He knows it personally. Jesus Christ knows it personally. They slandered him. They said, oh, he's a bastard child of a Roman soldier. He's a Samaritan. He's full of devils. Interesting, interesting choice of how they slandered him because it was, it was slander, it was lies, it was blasphemy. It was blasphemy against the Holy Spirit. The Jews blasphemed the Holy Spirit, the unforgivable sin, on two counts. The parentage of Jesus Christ and the power with which he cast out demons. And it's interesting that when he taught about the unforgivable sins, it was in the context of casting out demons by the Spirit of God. He cast them out by the Spirit of God, and, and, if, and, and the Jews said, oh, you cast them out by, you know, Beelzebul. And Jesus, right after that, talks about the unforgivable sin, about blaspheming the Holy Spirit. He said, you can blaspheme me. You blaspheme the Holy Spirit, it won't be forgiven in this age or the age to come. But back to this Overton window. You can't say anything in a newspaper or an article or at your workplace without being accused of being racist or sexist or homophobic or anti-Semitic. If you're really going to be creative about your responses to the the deep, deep issues in the United States of America. This is how we're controlled. And we're controlled to a great extent by our own willingness to submit because we don't like pain. So we say, well, I don't like to be slandered. I don't like to be misspoken. I don't like to be accused of being a Hitler and a Nazi. So I'm going to shut up and, and so that they can't call me a racist. Now, the weakest man out there is the man that refuses to have an opinion. And I know many. My whole life I've crossed these men. Some were friends, many acquaintances, and, and they make it clear. They're not, they're not even ashamed of it. I've had one guy, he says, Fritz, you're always so radical. And this, of course, I've been, you know, <laughs> living on the bloody edge on different issues for all of my adult life since I was in my 20s. He says, you're just, just extreme. Now, now, 40 years ago, you didn't have the rhetoric of being an extremist that you did 40 years ago, back in the 80s. And I'm like, well, what's wrong with being extreme? What's wrong with being extremely right? Am I not right to serve God with all my heart, mind, soul, and strength? Am I not right to do that? So this one guy, he was like, well, you're just extreme. You know, I, he says, I just try to fit right in the middle. And he's had a very successful life, and he's very happy, but I just find that to be the antithesis of manhood. But that's just me. Make your own decision. I, I knew another person, professional person, successful professional person. I won't say who he worked for, uh, but was successful within his organization. And somebody asked him once, well, you know, what's the key to getting promoted? And he rambled on for five minutes. This is a true story. And finally, the, the person asked questions, stopped and said, listen, you've been talking for five minutes. You haven't said a dang thing. And he just smiled and said, yeah, that's my point. He said, that's my point. Don't get ahead of the crowd. Don't get behind the crowd. Be right in the middle. Let other people form, form the opinions and, and just follow around with the crowd. That's how he got promoted. Interesting, interesting. 
spineless, somebody would call it. And then we have, you know, today, everybody knows what this means today. If you, if you say something that actually has, you know, meaning, that actually is, has some substance to it, somebody's going to call you a racist or homophobic or anti-Semitic or xenophobic or, or some of these, some dirty name like that. And, and the worst people about this are probably the, the Congress critters, the Congress people. They're terrified of being called all these dirty names. And they're being blackmailed by, well, you know who they're being blackmailed by. If you don't support us, we're going to yank funding, and we're going to go out and we're going to call you racist or anti-Semitic. And they do it over and over and over and over. And guess what? It works. It works. There's a lack of courage uh, and because there are real and specific economic and social consequences to being called those names. A Hitler, a Nazi, it might cost you your life. It may cost you your life with the BLM and Antifa thugs out there. And they are thugs. I'll call them a thug. Murders. Remember, go read the book of Acts. How did the Jews control? I'm telling you guys, you want a PhD in political science, you got to go read the book of Acts. Everybody is a pawn except the Jews. And the Jews are driving everything in the book of Acts. Felix is a pawn, Caesar's a pawn, Pilate's a pawn, everybody's a pawn, and the Jews are in there, and they've got, they've, they lie, they murder, they slander, they accuse, they bribe. This is all in the Gospels in the book of Acts. They blackmailed Pilate into murdering Jesus Christ. You know that. They bribed the guards that guarded the tomb. They paid the money. They paid the money. When Peter and John were out there preaching the gospel, they, they, did, they had several techniques. One is they would, they would use their influence with the rich and powerful people to shut them down. The prominent ladies of a city, the, the, the businessmen, they would go to the politicians, Felix and, and these different kings and their, their minor royalty and they would also stir up the mob they stir up the rabble okay you saw that in front of Pilate. okay they they stirred up the mob they stirred up the rabble and the rabble said what they told him to say they said well he said uh you know crucify him crucify him how's that any different today than than uh, uh antifa paid for by rich jews like george soros oh but you can't say that that's anti-semitic well there you go that's what i'm saying that's an example of the Overton window where you can't have a conversation about things that happen every day because somebody will tell you it's not permitted. That's how the world is controlled today. And you look at all the news companies, all the news outlets from MSNBC to the Wall Street Journal, New York Times. You trace back the financial situation far enough and you know who you're going to find there. It's not even a secret. But you can't notice it. You're not supposed to notice it. Oh, God, you can't say that. That's anti-Semitic. How is it anti-Semitic if it's a fact? It's because they're imposing rules and laws upon you that they don't want, that, 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 that control you. It's control. If you say that, you're Adolf Hitler and you should be killed. That's basically their control over you. 
and people are like, I'm not Adolf Hitler. Why is it that everybody in the United States of America, from kindergarten on, knows about this event of World War II called, uh, that's called the Holocaust? How come that's pounded in our head day after day, year after year, month after month, generation after generation, that nobody can get it out of their minds? Nobody can get escape from this. Why is there a Holocaust museum in, 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 in right here in D.C.? And all across the country, paid for by your tax dollars, and it didn't happen even on this continent. Whatever it was. Oh, yeah, there's some new historical research on that. And I'm not going to get into that because I'm not interested in that. I'm interested in what the Holy Scriptures say. But my point is, there's an Overton window. You're being controlled. You're being told what you can say and what you can't say. Let me give you a perfect example of that. Build a wall. Build a wall on the U.S.-Mexico border. Oh, you can't. That's you're, you're racist. You just don't like those little brown people from south of the border. I've been told to my face. You're a, you're a good Nazi. You're a Nazi, Fritz. I've been told to my face. <laughs> These are by people who haven't even read what I've said. <laughs> Make their head explode if they went to bloodandfaith.com. And so you're controlled, and, and you submit to this control because you're afraid of these people and what they can do to you. You're afraid of them. Now, when I say you, I'm talking especially to the church. Well, I'm, I'm not just talking to the church. I'm talking to everybody. But I'd like to think that the church has the courage to speak and say what Jesus Christ said, including in the Gospels and the Book of Acts. I'd really like to think that. Makes me wonder these days. Pastors in the church are terrified of saying what Jesus Christ said in the book of John, chapter 8, Revelation 2, 9. All throughout the book of Acts, 82 times in the book of Acts it talks about the Jews. 82 times. You'd think that would be a topic of, that you would study in, in, in Sunday school. Oh, we can't, we can't talk about that unless we talk about it in, that in glowing terms. Saying things that are utterly untrue. Saying blasphemies, things that are completely untrue about them. So let's go ahead and break some conventions. And, and, and this is for conversation's sake. Look, here's a problem in the United States, and I say this as an older white guy. The younger generations and the other races, not all of them, and not everybody, of course. I, I don't even like to parse that and say that because that should be obvious. But people are being taught to hate white people. They're being taught to hate white people. And you can call it the critical theory, which of, of, of which a critical race theory is a, certainly a strong component of that. That's the theory that says figure out who the oppressor is and then just go after them and destroy them and hammer them. You go read uh, Noel Ignati, a Jewish guy, Jewish PhD from Harvard. And he was very open. And, and he's, nobody demonizes the guy. But he says, my goal in life is to abolish the white race. Go look his name up, Noel Ignatiev. Abolish the white race. And he's lionized and heralded. He's passed away. The all LA Times gave him a, a, a wonderful uh, article about him when he passed away. What a great guy he is. Imagine if I said that about the Jews. Or imagine if somebody said that about the blacks. You're being controlled. Church, you are being controlled. 
What if we said, hey, one of the reasons we can control crime is build a big, fat border right across uh, the Mexican, uh, Tex-Mex border, all the way across the Pacific Ocean. Oh, it's not feasible. It's too expensive. You can't do that. All these are utter lies. They're utter lies. Poland just built a brand new wall between itself and, uh, oh, one of those Eastern European countries over there in order to keep out illegal immigrants. Big, beautiful wall. Israel's built walls. They built walls with U.S. taxpayer money because they don't want the damn Arabs in their, in their Jewish country. And I don't mean they're damn Arabs. I just mean that's how they feel about them. They don't want the Arabs in their country. I like the Arabs. Lived in Arab, two Arab countries. Love the Arabs. They love their families. They love their families. So Israel builds a wall with U.S. taxpayer money. Nobody has an issue with that. Oh, you can't build a wall in America. And most of you know this. You know this is true. How about this? I'm going to get, I'll go somewhere different. Instead of having massive prisons, prisons that house people for decades, how about eliminate long-term prisons entirely? I'm just throwing this out there. All right, and you got a few punishments. One is you can pay a fine. Two, corporal punishment. You get a weapon. Oh, but you can't do that. Oh, but we can do that. Well, the Supreme Court says you can't. Well, that's fine. Get rid of the Supreme Court. Give it back to the states. Oh, but, 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 but. Nullification, man. States' rights. State of Colorado, state of Washington, state of Virginia. Hey, Supreme Court, screw you. We're going we're gonna to put up a whipping post, and we're going to hang the murderers and the rapists, and we're going to whip people that, that are, 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 are assaulting people. Oh, but you can't cruel and unusual. You know what cruel and unusual is? I'll tell you what cruel and unusual is. Locking a man alone in a cell for decade after decade after decade. That's cruel and unusual. Giving him some weapons ain't quite so cruel. You lock a man in a cage for decades on end. There's a supermax in Colorado. And you've got, you know, bad people in there, Okay. You know, I'm not making any excuse for him, but it's 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 torture to lock a man away in solitary confinement for years and years and years. I've been going crazy just you know locked down under COVID, sitting in an apartment in an urban area where you can't speak to anybody, you can't talk to anybody, you're not around your family, isolating. It's horrible. Imagine being in solitary confinement for decades on end. So short-term confinement until they get a speedy trial. Um, corporal punishment, fines, capital punishment, and the S word, slavery. Make him a slave. Oh, you can't do that. You can't make him a slave. What's the difference of being a slave in a prison and not being a slave and being in a prison? There really isn't any difference. You're going to lock away a man for a decade. Might as well have him work. Go out there, get a little fresh air, pick up some garbage by the side of the road. How's that not slavery? Oh, but we can't call it that. Yeah, well, that's your Overton window right there. You, you refuse to talk about things that you ought to talk about. Slavery, you know what slavery is? Slavery is getting a minimum wage job and having to pay rent every month. That's slavery. At least slaves from 200 years ago, they had a, they, the room and board was provided. It's not even provided now. We're going to pay you less money than it takes for you to survive, and somehow you got to make it. you got to figure out to get your own apartment, buy your own cell phone, buy your own clothes, buy your own food, Go into credit card debt and every other kind of debt, and we're going to pay you 10, 12, 15 bucks an hour, and you can never make it, ever. 
How's that not slavery? Then you buy a house and you buy a car if you make it. Well, now you're a, you're in, you're a debt slave. That's slavery. Oh, but you can't call it that. No, I can't call it that. This, this debt-based capitalism we have is slavery to the bankers. It's slavery. Holy Scripture doesn't support that. That's why you had a year of ju a jubilee, the 50th year, and all debts canceled every seventh year. Well, well, uh, it would change our whole economic system. Yes, that's right. That's my whole point. Okay, and, and why, you know, and here's something else. Men of God have proposed, proposed this to the church, and it just, it's like water off a duck's back. Nobody cares. You go back and, and read some of the Christian Reconstructionists, whether Rush Dooney or North or some of these guys, and people, you know, Otto Scott, they've, they've, they've talked at length about different ways of looking at national economics, doesn't have to be this debt-based slavery that we have today. doesn't have to be that. But we're forced into this little Overton window where we can't think about anything like that. Get rid of the United Nations, abolish that. Well, you can't do that. We have to work together. And, you know, you're just an isolationist. No, we don't have to work together. Why, why, we don't have to work together. Why do I have to work together with China? Well, we're one people and we're one human race. No, we're not. Oh, are you a racist? I don't know. Maybe I am. Call me what you want to call me. But I'm done bending the knee to your little dirty names. Your dirty little slanderous names. This is what they did to Jesus Christ, of course. Oh, he's, he's, he's insane and he has a demon. That's what they said to him over and over and over again. I said about him. They told all the people, listen, the guy's insane. He has his powers by, by demonic powers. Uh, he's insane and he has a demon. So they went around slandering Jesus Christ. It's not any different today. It's the same group of people doing it. But the church won't say it because they're afraid of being <laughs> treated the same way Jesus Christ was treated. The church is afraid of being treated the same way Jesus Christ was, was treated. Now, we don't want to be treated the way Jesus Christ was, so we won't, we'll be friends with the world. The church has said we're going to be friends with the world, which is against James 4.4. And we're going to say things that they approve of, that they accept, that they um, don't object to, uh, because we don't want to be called racist or sexist or homophobic or anti-Semitic. Because, and then they, they, you know, they rattle on, they rattle on and on and on. And the more they rattle on, the less good they are to society. And, and, and the culture of America in 2023 is proof of that. But just think, just, I mean, take a radical idea. I mean, how about, you know, divorce is no longer legal. You can't get divorced anymore. It's illegal to be divorced. Well, I can't even imagine. Church can't even imagine that. How about homosexuality is a capital crime? Oh, my God. You're, you're homophobic. You're transphobic. Let me tell you something. You know how, how, how homosexuals recruit? They molest kids. Oh, you can't say that. That's intolerant. That's divisive. That's homophobic. That's hate speech. <laughs> go away mister I'm going to say what I'm going to say haven't you figured that out yet man I wish the preachers would man up and, and, and do this stuff I don't know how many churches are in America I ought to do a little research on that but let's just say there's a hundred thousand of them imagine you had a hundred thousand preachers average church of 50 people because the average church isn't all that big what's that half a million and everybody started talking like the preacher talks, and the preacher's talking like the Bible talks. Capital crime for homosexuality. 
Oh my God, I can't even imagine it. Yeah, how about that? How about we got a big fat border? How about a reinstitution of slavery and, a, and abolish uh, a long-term caging of human beings for uh, for decades on end? How about giving them an option? You, you want you want to lash? You want to pay a fine? You want to be a slave for a couple years? What do you want? How about that for breaking through the Overton window? And, and, and because if we're going to find problems for America in 2023, you can't limit yourself to thinking within the lanes that they permit you to think in. This war in Ukraine, oh, the, the only way you're supposed to think about it is we have to have a strategic defeat for Russia. I don't care about a strategic defeat for Russia. I could care less. How about we pack up and go home and let them figure it out? And if somebody else needs to get involved, well, Germany and France and Italy, they're all, they're all you know, full of uh, self-righteousness and good ideas. Knock yourselves out. Ain't my problem. Ain't America's problem. And that extends to the rest of the world. NATO, get, get out of NATO. Oh, I can't believe you said that. I know, I know. That's my whole point. You're not permitted to even express certain things. What do you do with a society where everybody's taught to hate white people? Well, I'll tell you what the blacks are doing. And I'm not picking on the blacks. Don't get me wrong. Because you'll know if you know anything about bloodandfaith.com. I, 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 I do not do that. But they they got to have their safe spaces. they got to have their white-free zones. Press doesn't give it a lot of attention, but it's out there. Oh, this is for people of color only, which means anybody but a white man. Well, the problem is systemic racism. Well, what does that mean? Well, it means the, it's the problem is the whites. That's what it means. They don't mean systemic racism amongst blacks against whites. They mean it's the whites of the problem. All right? So you can take five black cops that kill a black in, where was it, Memphis? It's still the whites' problem. And eventually, a logical man will say, you know what? This is silly. The, 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 the blacks are already calling for uh, uh, segregation. They want their safe spaces without whites. And they say white cops are the, the problem and, and white people in general are the problem. Fine. Fine. What's the logical extension of that? It's resegregation, in which the blacks are calling for. It's like, fine. Okay. Let's divide up the land. Let's divide up the country. Y'all go to your black areas. We'll go to our white areas. And that way you get rid of your problem. Now we're not your problem anymore because white people are the problem. So you go your way, we'll go our way. That's okay. That's fine. And guess what? To top it off, that's actually biblical, according to the Tower of Babel. That's actually a biblical answer. Races go their own ways. That way they can't blame each other for, for whatever they can blame each other after. That way you can't have an empire that pits the races against one another like Nebuchadnezzar did. He would, he would conquer the different nations and mix them up. That's why the, that's how the Samaritans ended up in, in the land that was occupied by the northern tribes in Israel. The northern tribes were exiled away from their land, and a, a people called the Samaritans were put in there. That's how empires do it. You mix up the races and pit them against each other. The Jews and the Samaritans didn't like each other. What, what, what you think this is invented yesterday? You think this is somebody's Ph.D. in political science that they just figured out? No, this is as old as history. 
Why do you think uh, uh, Yugoslavia needed it? Tito was a dictator because you had all these different races and nations and religions pitted against each other, and only a, a heavy hand could govern them. That's what you got going on right now in Europe. Let's mix it all up so that only a, a dictatorial government can bring order out of the chaos. And guess who's going to run? Same people that ran the show in the Gospels and the Book of Acts. Same people that Jesus Christ fought against. Well, I can't believe you said that. You're racist and you're anti-Semitic, Fritz. And I'm, what I'm trying to get you to do is think outside the box. Holy Scriptures belongs to everybody. It belongs to the, the whole world. You know, and I've said many, many, many times, I'm looking for that Nigerian prince who said, screw y'all, I'm going to go build a Christian nation with my blood my people. His tribe. The tribe within the tribe. Nigeria's got, I don't know, I think there's three major tribal groupings and hundreds of different tribes. And much of Africa is the same way. They said, look, we're going to be a, a, a we're going to, our bloodline, we're going to serve Jesus Christ. And we're going to take the Ten Commandments and that will be our, our guide, our constitution. And whether they have the king in charge or anybody else, the problem with democracy is it's so easily subverted. If you go through and you read the history of mankind and you read the history of democracies, it's, you know, it sounds so good, but it's, it, it, it doesn't last very long. It just doesn't. And we're at the end of that. We're, we're, we're at the stage where people know that we don't live in a democracy. It's called a democracy, but people have no choice. I've got a paper coming out soon, and, 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 part, and a section of it, it's actually going to be a book, and there's a chapter in that says, you didn't vote for this. Nobody voted for this. Nobody voted for open borders. Nobody voted for homosexual marriage. Nobody voted to get the Ten Commandments off the wall. Nobody voted to abolish prayer out of schools. Nobody voted that, that we all should have, have to have the uh, uh, COVID vax, otherwise we lose our job. Nobody voted for busing. Nobody voted for any of this stuff. Don't tell me this is a democracy. You know why they like it? Because people behind the scenes that control the money can control things and not be named. We need a king. We need a king. We need a monarch named Jesus Christ. Our Constitution is the Ten Commandments. We'll have no other king before Jesus Christ. I don't care if you're Mormon or Muslim or a Talmud person or an atheist. I don't care. There's no other king before Jesus Christ. That's it. That's it. And we're not going to worship Moloch. Your abortion's gone. Homosexuality, a crime. How about that for thinking out of the box? Man, the church has got to go there. The pastors have to go there. The preachers have to go there because we're so stuck. And we're just talking about, you know, 15 ways not to sin. And the rapture's coming tomorrow. And as a result, our societies look the way it looks. If white people are the problem, what's the answer? Their answer, the answer of the Jews, is to annihilate and get rid of all the white people. That's their answer. And they say it in their writings and the, their leaders. Noel Ignatiev is just one example, one of many examples. Why do they hate white people? Because it's, uh, because it's Christendom. Europe becomes Christendom. That's why. And all your groveling and apologizing for something that you or your ancestors didn't do is not going to change that. The enmity goes back to Genesis 3.15. There's an enmity and a hatred between the seed of the woman and the seed of the serpent. You can't change it. There's nothing you can do to change it. You can try to be friends with the world all you want. All you do is make yourself an enemy, an enemy of God, James 4.4. 4. That's all it does. So if we're going to get out of it, it's like, okay, fine. You're right. We're your problem. So y'all go your way. We're going to go our way. 
and we'll divide up the land. And, and you can have your little thing going on there. There's a congressman. I don't know his name. I don't know if he was a Georgia congressman. But anyway, black guy, he wrote his doctoral dissertation on, on uh, black nationalism, saying basically we need our own black nation. We need a nation that's exclusively for blacks. You know what I say? Fine. Amen. I, I agree with you. You ever heard of an organization called Mecha Movimiento Estudiantil Chicano de Aztlán? It's a Hispanic organization. It's been around for a long time. And they advocate, as far as I know, they still have a, 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 a Spanish-speaking only Hispanic land for no English speakers, Chicanos only in American Southwest. It's the reconquest of Spain, reconquest of Mexico of the, well, it used to be Spain, but they want to have their own, you know, all the, the, the Southwestern states. Racial nationalism by the Mexicans. Amen. Amen. I'm all for it. Jews like their ethnic nationalism. They got a Jewish nation state for Jews, by Jews, only Jews. Amen. Go for it. You think the Japanese are all of a sudden going to wake up one day and say, you know what, we need to get more Africans in here. You think they're going to do that? They're not stupid. No, of course they're not. And they're not bringing in any Koreans either. They don't like the, the Koreans. They're like, no, we're Japanese. We don't want any Koreans. Arabs are the same way. They don't. They don't. They don't. You, you think Saudi Arabia is opening up the door and let bring in some Christians? Heck, no, no way. You got a few Christian white countries out there. That, they've got some sense in them. Hungary, Russia, saying, look, we're Christian nations. We're not going to apologize or change that. We're not going to change our culture, our race, our heritage in order for this mixed-up idea you have, the hatred of Jesus Christ and the hatred towards white people. We're not going to do it. How about being bold and the pastors start talking about that? If the blacks want racial segregation, fine. The Jews want it, but only in Israel. They don't want it for any white nation. Africans in South Africa are trying to drive out the whites and the Christians. Hey, how about a white homeland for the sidelanders? Everybody gets their homeland but the white people. Well, how about a homeland for the white people? How about a homeland for the white people where the white people came from and have settled and, and have produced marvelous things? Australia, Canada, New Zealand, all of Christendom, all of Europe, southern portion of Africa. We have to start talking about this. We have to think about this. We have to be realistic about this. We have to normalize this in the minds of Christians, in the minds of Europeans, and in the mind of the church, and not apologize for it. First Thessalonians 2.15, there's a group of people that are against all mankind. Paul himself was a Jew, and he says it's my people, the Jews, that are the enemies of all mankind. Paul said it. That's why Paul is so important. God said, I'm going to take this guy who was a Jew and convert him and warn the people about this problem. Oh, we can't talk. We can't say that. Well, I'm going to say it. I'm saying it. I'm going to keep saying it. Fritzberger and bloodandfaith.com. Have a good Wednesday evening.